Yo, what's happening, everybody? My name is Anthony Carrenti, and thank you, as always, for checking out another episode of the Dynasty Drive. Appreciate all the support, as always. We are going to, I don't want to say wrap up, but kind of pick up where we left off and breaking down some of these rookies uh, for the 2021 NFL Draft class, and we are talking the tight ends today. So, going to hop right into a conversation that I had with Kevin Coleman. Kevin is Director of Football Operations over at Hammercast, host of the Double D's podcast, and has recently been brought on to do some uh, some Debbie writing for Fantasy Pros. Uh, really love Kevin's work. was great to talk with him about the tight ends, so we're going to jump right into that conversation. If you haven't already, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Drive on Instagram at the Dynasty Drive. Uh, you can like the show on Facebook, catch me on Reddit sometimes uh, asking questions for the show. But yeah, we're going to hop right into this question, or sorry, hop right into this discussion with Kevin, breaking down the 2021 class of rookie tight ends. All right, joining me on today's show is Kevin Coleman, Kevin's director of uh, football operations over at Hammercast and host of the Double D's podcast. Kevin, I appreciate you taking the time to join me. Hey man, anytime, anytime I come in and talk some football, I am game. Absolutely. I, I appreciate it. And for anybody who doesn't follow you already, where can they find you on Twitter and all the work that you do before we get into all these tight ends today? <laughs> yeah. So you can, uh, you can find me at the boys, D a B O Y S underscore 22. It's a little Cowboys, um, montage for me, a little, little thing there. And then you can find me at hammercast.com. And right now we're doing a lot of YouTube stuff. So at hammercast network on YouTube and we started that last month and we've seen some growth. So if you want to go on there, we have videos going out every week. You can look us up there. Cool, man. Cool, man. Well, the tight ends, I say, I've been you know kind of working through this uh, rookie preview sort of deal and yeah. save the tight ends for last. Cause it's not that it's an uninspiring group, but it's kind of like a small group um it feels it's you know top heavy to say the least um yeah it's weird because there's like m- monstrous upside at the top but not a lot of depth and the interesting thing that i've found so far as we've been you know it's super early but over mm-hmm. at draft bible we've been starting to chart adp and stuff through rookie mocks and before we get into the guys a little bit individually the thing that's really jumped out is like where Kyle, um, where Kyle Pitts goes versus where everybody else goes, right? Yeah. Because he's obviously the guy, but right now, I haven't looked today, but I think last I checked, he was going like right around the 106 or the 107 in the rookie mocks. We've been running for like four or five weeks now. And yeah. before we get into him a little bit further, what are your thoughts about, you know, middle of the first round rookie pick? Are, are you comfortable spending that pick on Kyle Pitts or are you waiting, waiting it out for one of the other guys? It's so weird because I've been going back and forth in this. I'm sure you have too. Because usually, if it's if it's not tied in premium, I usually say never take a tight end in that first round because right. the guys like Hawkins and Fant, all those guys we've seen, it's taken them a little while. But Pitts is special, man. And so it's one of those things where if I really needed a tight end, and in most leagues you probably do, because after that, there's a tear break. So true. <laughs> It's such a tear break, and you're just staring at it like, do I want Hunter Henry to get me eight points a game again, or am I going to take that take that risk and draft Pitts? And I think it really just comes down to team dependent, right? Like, how do you feel about your team? But I think he might be worth it. I mean, if it was for me, like, if Pitts is uh, – where I have him ranked is, like, my wide receiver three. If he was a wide receiver, that's how special he is. So if I look at it from that perspective, I can be like, yeah, you know what? I think the tight ends matter more than what we think because after Kelsey, right, and when Kittle's healthy and Waller, but after those guys, you're just like, I don't know that landscape. You could 
realistically, depending on landing spot, Pitts could be a top five tight end next year. I know that's crazy to say, um, but I think he could. Yeah, I don't think it's that nuts at all. Uh, I think I haven't gotten to the point where like I've incorporated rookies into like my startup rankings, but yeah. Pitts will probably slot in honestly like five or six. Like I, I really can't put him much further than that because it's kind of interesting that as the NFL has become like, oh, you know, let's feature tight ends and mismatches and two tight ends on yeah. the field. It's still like, it's a barren landscape. Like you said, it's Travis Kelsey or George Kittle when he's healthy and, you know, Darren Waller, you have one of those guys, you have the huge positional advantage. So it makes yeah. sense to, for Pitts to be that guy. It almost feels bad to call Pitts a tight end. Like it really, yeah. like you said, he really should slot in as like that wide receiver three or four because tight end feels like you're doing him a disservice to what he can actually do on the field. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll get. But I also, oh, I don't want to. Sorry, go ahead. Go that's, ahead. Why, but that's why also I think he might be valuable mm-hmm. in that spot, right? Because he's so he's like a unicorn out there, and you get such a positional advantage of it. I mean, who would you rather have, Pitts or Mark Andrews? Yeah, Pitts or Dallas Goder. Like you look at these guys and Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry. Like after that, you're like, I don't know, man. Like I think Pitts is so dang valuable now. And I, I know it's sacrilegious to say, and I, I I have a hard time with this because I go back and forth. Debbie Kane talks about this all the time too about not drafting the tight end. I love Brevin Jordan. Yeah. We'll talk oh about yeah. Him. We'll <laughs> talk about him a little bit. It's so like if I knew I could get him in this in that next round, I definitely would probably wait. But. Yeah, I, I just that the tight end landscape. I mean, especially because last year's class was awful, as you probably know. I mean, oh, it was yeah. not bad. So this class is better. But when you sent me this stuff, I was like, you know what? He's right. Like when you're looking at it, you're like, well, of course this class is way better. But then I'm just comparing it to last year's class, and right. was this class. Yeah, last year's class was gross. It, <laughs> like last year's class was like, yeah, but we have Cole Komet, but uh, yeah, you know, it's not. <laughs> But, commit high out there, yeah. yeah uh, I'm holding them a couple of places, but like you said, it's just more so <laughs> yeah. of how bad tight end is across the board, and like you're hoping for that guy to pop. Which brings me to kind of a point that I wanted to hit on before we get into like Pitts specifically a little bit more, and then Jordan and those guys is that it's a position that's kind of notoriously slow to adapt to the NFL, especially for fantasy purposes. Mm-hmm. Pitts for me feels like the one exception this year. Like I feel pretty confident that. I feel confident saying that Kyle Pitts will be like for sure a top half of the first round NFL draft pick, probably a top 10 ish pick. If I really had to put my, you know, put my yeah, cards on the good. table and make a bet. Um, I just think that wherever he gets drafted is going to be someplace that features him like as a focal point of the offense early on. So I think that the likelihood that that translates to fantasy production is, you know, more, more likely for him than some of the other guys. Uh, yeah. but the rest of them, even the ones that, you know, I do like, like you said, I, I'm a big Brevin Jordan guy too. And like you mentioned, if I, if you could guarantee me, I could have him round two, I would skip Kyle Pitts probably nine out of 10 times because yeah. the value of Jordan, a full round later is very, very appealing to me. Um, but I mean, even him, I, it's a little more dependent. I think where he lands, how early he gets drafted, any of these other guys you, you feel confident about translating early on, or is it just Pitts that you're willing to roll the dice on that early? Well, you know, I do like Hunter Long. I have this Hunter Long thing, like this. This, this, this I like heart. him more than I expected to. Yeah, because I think that I, the thing about Hunter, though, I think he his ceiling has already been met. Like we know who he is. Yeah. So when he comes in the NFL, that's who he's going to be. Like you know, when I look at Hunter, I think of like Hunter Henry. Like that's kind of mm-hmm. his. To me, that's his base, and I think that's who he's going to be. So like, if I'm, and that could even be a thing where Hunter Long outproduces Brevin Jordan his first year. 
but then after that, Brevin will hit that ceiling that I think he has. So Hunter along me maybe the only one I that maybe comes in and like, oh, he produced, but Pitts, I think, has that chance. Like you said, he's just so damn versatile. And when I do the ver- – when I look at my breakdowns, versatility is, for me, with him, in line, he can split out. There's so many things he can do. I just hope he goes to a – like, if he goes, like, to, I saw the Eagles mock, that scares me. Yeah. The Giants yeah. mock, that scares me. I want him to go to an offensive-minded team that will put him in different places, not just – you know, Jason Garrett's not that guy. Don't – I've been <laughs> You don't want Jason Garrett as your – like, because he'll ruin Pitts. <laughs> That's perfect. We'll get into pits a little bit further now, and then we'll go through the rest of these guys that we have here one by one. But that's a, I think that's a good point. And I've kind of been looking through, like, where is that spot? Because it feels like almost a lock that he's going to go top 10, top 15. But I'm interested yeah. to see what that team will be. Because like you said, the Eagles eh, makes me a little iffy. The Giants, I don't really see it happening, but I guess it could I'm curious as to who I feel like it's going to be a team that we're not really expecting, like a team that nobody's really talking about. The one that I keep coming back to, and it feels probably unlikely because the way it shakes out with the quarterbacks at the top, Sewell might be there for him, but Pitts and Cincinnati would be interesting. It's the one spot that I keep wondering, like, will he go that high? Could he end up there? Um, but yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's really going to be interesting. I don't have a, there's really nothing bad you could say about Kyle Pitts at this point. I feel like Uh, we've been talking about him so long and especially for the fantasy landscape, like, you know, he is what he is. He's a mismatched weapon. He's a unicorn. He's a red zone monster. I don't know that there's a, you know, defensive back that's strong enough to take him. I don't know that there's a linebacker fast or agile enough to cover him one-on-one. Um, He's going to have a lot of pressure on him, but I don't know. Have you thought of any other teams that you think are kind of the ideal landing spot for him? I would love for him to go to the Chargers. I just don't know if he's going to um, – I, I don't know if he'll fall yeah. uh, to, the, to them, but I would absolutely love that just because I think they'll move on from Hunter and then they can kind of pair that in that offense with Herbert. And, like, for me, I, I would I like to see that. Um, but I think he's, like you said, he's going to go – guy. I saw the Eagles too at some point, and that just makes me – nervous because of where they have but it maybe they have that new offense in there uh i don't know i i don't know he might be just that talented where he's not going to be landing spot deficient right like yeah. okay he here but he's just that good we got to get him the ball um but i mean the thing is with him and we've seen it like i even he was he's been my tight end one for a while he just produces yeah and so no matter where he goes and, and just what he does i mean those games that he was playing in florida people forget that he was out a couple games with injury so like he should have put up even Bigger numbers, numbers. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The only thing that worries me about Cincy is I think Cincy needs to take that tackle, especially my Joe Burrow shares out there. I really want them to protect him at some point. But maybe they're thinking the same thing. Well, we can draft a tackle in the first and get one of these other tight ends later and maybe sure up that area, kind of like we are rookie drafts, right? And so I think maybe they do that. But I I always thought the Chargers, but I don't know if he'll fall to that. Uh, and other than that, it's weird. Like you said, I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to take him. I could see somebody grabbing him. I've seen the Cowboys mock to get him a couple times. And as a Cowboy fan, I felt like if there, if our defensive guys aren't there, screw it. Let's try to score 80 points. That would be wild. That would ahead. be right. wild. I would love, <laughs> assuming that, you know, Dak is there, I would love to yeah. see 
Cooper, Lamb, Gallup, and Pitts. That's it. Like you said, go score 70 or 80 points a game. Get nuts. (laughs) Yeah, might as well, right? Let's just let the world burn. Like, that's how I am at that point. I've seen that happen a couple of times. And depending on how the draft goes, now someone might trade up to that spot. But if if the two top corners are gone, the Cowboys might just say, yeah, you know what? We'll take the best player available, and that's probably going to be Pitts. I mean, if – Last year showed it, man. I don't think anybody expected him to draft C.D. Lamb. It was like, oh, you know, we have Amari Cooper. We have Michael Gallup. And I love that because it's like you couldn't pass up on C.D. Lamb there. Sure, you could take another player, but the the value was too good. He was – he should have went so much earlier. So it would be crazy if the if the corners are gone. I would I'd be all for it as a. I'm all about chaos here. That's all it. Chaos. You got to root for it. chaos. <laughs> yep. I want to see everything just blow up. I want to see social media blow up. I want to see all of it just blow up. And 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 unfortunately, I probably hurt Pitts a little bit because there's so many weapons there. But I don't care. I, I would just all my Dak shares would be happy right now as long as they bring him back. But yeah, I mean maybe there, but. I love him. I, there's really not a lot of – I don't know the detractors. I guess you just have to determine whether he's going to be worth the first-round pick. Yeah, and I think that's the only thing. And we'll move on to the yeah. next guy. Uh, we mentioned him earlier, Brevin Jordan. I really, Athletically, I don't think Jordan's that far off from what Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. is. Um, he really, in the grand scheme, as good as Pitts is, I think it's led to Jordan being undervalued a little bit. Um, he's getting slept on for what he is athletically and maybe won't come in and be that immediate, like day one, same type of ceiling contributor that Pitts is. But I think long-term, I don't think the ceiling's that far off. I think he's a a freaky kind of twitchy guy that can do all the same things and is a capable and willing blocker who will seemingly get better at that as well. He seems like a tight end that, you know, he's going to make his bread in the, uh, in the receiving game, but I think he's a good enough blocker that he's not going to get pulled off the field, you know, real regularly, even early on in his career. Um, like we said before, I think if, if you told me for sure that, you know, mid round two, I was guaranteed to get Brevin Jordan, I'd be happy to spend that mid first round pick on whatever running back or receiver was there in rookie drafts, whether it's somebody, you know, like Jalen Waddle falls or Javante Williams falls. And then I could scoop Brevin Jordan round two. I love it uh, because you're so used to having to hold these tight ends for multiple years anyway before you get a payoff in Dynasty. If I can get a round two, people were spending round two or early round three picks on Cole Komet last year. You know what I mean? So if you're getting Brevin Jordan mid-round two or even late round two, sign me up every time because I think he is going to be a big-time weapon in a receiving game. And really, kind of like Pitts, I don't really know that it matters a whole lot where he lands. I really think he's good enough as a receiving weapon to slot in and find a role for himself almost regardless of where it is. Um, yeah. You know, of course, landing spot means something, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of scheme he ends up in. But I'm a big believer in his talent, and I'm really excited to see where he does end up. Yeah, I'm, dude, you're talking to the biggest Brevin Jordan truther that is living on this planet. Uh, <laughs> I love the guy, uh, and he's produced. You know, people say, "Oh, Pitts is produced." You know, Jordan had 38 catches for 576 yards and seven touchdowns. He's played with horrible quarterbacks, and then he got King this year, and he saw it, and he got a little injured. Uh, he's athletic. He's versatile. You know, I wrote an entire player breakdown of him recently. I think his yards after catch ability, and he, I'm a big intangibles guy as a coach and a guy, and he's got that intangible, I'm going to work my butt off, and I mm-hmm. love seeing that with tight ends because they're going to have to, right? I mean, you got sure. data to develop. Um, and I think one area of this game is actually kind of overlooked is how good his hands are. He can oh, catch. Yeah. 
a lot of guys say, oh, well, you know, they're a little – I don't understand why scouts talk about it because every time I watch him play, he catches in traffic, he gets hit, he holds on to the ball. I love his catching ability. Um, now, and blocking, like you mentioned, is good too, and that's actually a strength for me. I'd say the only couple things that worry me about him is his injuries. He, he, he's gotten injured every year, yeah. uh, and I'm not a big – I know all my injury guys out there yell at me when I say injury prone, but there's something – he's getting injured. <laughs> So he, he got injured every year. I don't want to say injury prone because that's bad. And then I do notice that he does sometimes struggle to create separation off of his release. Yeah. And so when he gets pressed a little bit, um, especially when he's on the inline, he does get he does get kind of hit. And he has strength, but he needs to build it up probably a little bit. That's a little bit of coaching, like I talked about. He can get hit off his routes. Um, but I love Brevin. And I, I've gotten him now, so for everybody listening in perspective, I've done too many rookie mock drafts for fun because oh, I love yeah. doing it. And it stops me from joining other leagues that I don't need to join anymore. So uh, he, I, I, I got Chase at the 107, and then at the 207, I got Jordan like three times. So he's around that 206, the 210, kind of that 210 mark. So, and I think that's amazing value. I that love is, that value. I, I love that yeah. value. <laughs> as long as you don't find another Brevin Jordan truther out there, you're going to be fine because. He's essentially going two five to two ten. He's in that category. Um, the you talked about landing spot spots. I'd love the Jaguars uh, if you got there with oh, Trevor. That Lawrence. would be nice. And that new offense, I put that down. And Urban Meyer has done shown to utilize weapons and players, and and I think he would do well there. I also put the Cardinals down because they definitely need someone more than Dan Arnold. I love Dan Arnold. You're my boy, Dan Arnold, but you're not. Yeah, they need something else there. Uh, and then the last spot I put that was Cincinnati. So I was thinking maybe in that second or third round in the NFL draft, maybe they will take a shot on Jordan. And then they compare, get a tackle in the first, Jordan in the second or third, and that offense would be great too. Yeah, that would be something for Cincinnati if, you know, Penny Sewell fell to them and then they could run it back with Jordan in round two and add Jordan to T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, Tyler Boyd. You got Joe Mixon, you know, you got something cooking there in Cincinnati. That would be that would be fun yeah. to watch. Um, after those two, I'm assuming you have Pitts tight end one, Jordan tight end two? Yeah. Okay. Who, who do you have tight end three? Yeah, so I guess so for me, I actually have I have Hunter Long three. Okay, so I like it. All, all my Pat, I always say his name last name wrong, but for my guys <laughs> out there from Penn State, I know you're gonna get mad at me, but I just like Hunter Long. Just I I, I enjoy watching him in play. Uh, he's long, and, you know, no pun intended. He's six five, two fifty four. He's got size. He's a pretty good blocker. I love his seam routes, and he does really good. What he does really well. And if he's in a 12 personnel offense, I like that even more uh, because he's going to be kind of that catch-all. He has that intangibles that he kind of can go down the middle. Uh, he finds open spaces. He's got a pretty good profile, and he did pretty well at Boston College. I mean, he was pretty much their wide receiver one. They didn't have a lot of talent there, trust me. And, you know, last year he had 57 catches, 685 yards, and five touchdowns. And I really like what he is. I think he's a very good value as well um, when we talk about value. Uh, I, I really like Hunter. I, I'm interested to see what you think about Hunter, but Hunter's someone that I think, like I said, can step in and, and contribute. Probably 700 yards, four or five touchdowns, 50 catches, somewhere in that in that range, and depending on where he goes. I liked Hunter. I like Hunter Long a lot more than I expected to, honestly. When I watched, uh, when I started watching the tape on him just a couple weeks ago, because I was working on a rookie profile for him over at Draft Bible, and I really expected like, meh, Hunter Long. Like, I, you know, I I didn't expect yeah. to come away as impressed as I was. 
but the couple of things that I jotted down quick was I love that he averaged over 14 yards per catch for his college career. Um, I love that kind of like Jordan, I think he's, you know, a capable pass blocker. He's going to be able to stay on the field. I love that he uses his frame to kind of create separation and shield defensive backs and almost box out in those contested catch type situations. People will knock him because he's not, you know, twitchy and like the super high end athlete that the NFL kind of craves at the tight end position. But he makes up for it with super reliable hands, pretty good route running. He can, you know, find the soft spot in his zone and sit down in it. Um, I think he's going to really end up as like a steady, trustworthy option. Like you said, 600, 700 yards, four or five touchdowns. He seems like the perfect guy that's going to end up like a young or rookie quarterback's best friend. Like it seems like the kind of guy that even if it's one of these teams that, you know, draft a quarterback early round one this year and then grab Hunter long, you know, early to mid round three, something like that. Uh, late round two, early round three, he feels like a guy that is going to immediately become that kind of security blanket. And, I'd like, honestly, for in terms of fantasy, I like that there's not a whole lot of projection. Like, I feel pretty good that he can come in and be a pretty capable receiver and not have to, you know, learn how to run an expanded route tree or anything like that. I feel pretty good that you can put him out there and count on him to contribute. I, I have a player comp, but it's going to age me a little bit, and I'm not sure. Like, I, I, I don't know what age we're at here, but I don't know if you remember Todd Heap from the Raiders. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, that's my player comp for him. I love I like Heap that, actually. Up. Yeah, and I, 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 Todd Heap is my my player. Com- I don't like player comps. I do. I trust me. It's one of those things I can't. But I, like when, when I watch Heap play, and when I watch Hunter Long play, and they, I, I, I grew up watching Heap. Those two guys really remind me of each other. Yeah, I like that one too. I, I, I totally agree. I'm not. I hate trying to like force a comp, but sometimes you see it and it works. Um, yeah, you didn't date yourself with that one, man. How old are you? I'm I'm 32. Oh, but- I'm 31. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah, but hey, sometimes I get on these things, and I'm talking to guys like 24, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh, all You're right, like, Todd, like, who?" Yeah, I'm just like, "Oh, all right." So I'm talking to a different age here. I got to make sure where I'm at. Um, but yeah, yeah. So Todd Heat, man, he he he's my guy back in the day for the Ravens. But I I, I really like I like Hunter Long. I I think he's good. I'm interested to see what you think about the next guy because I'm not as high up on the next guy is, is probably some are. I am. I'm not either. I, I like okay. Pat Fryer. I like him. Um, don't get me wrong, but I don't like him. I don't like him as much as I did Mike Kosicki. Okay. You know what I mean? I, I don't, yeah. uh, I don't think he's a bad player. I don't think he's a bad prospect at tight end, but for what some of the hype was coming in, uh, yeah. I expected to be a lot more impressed when I, you know, went back and watched some of the tape because honestly, I'm not saying he's the same exact guy as Hunter Long, but there's not a lot on the tape for Firemuth that makes me come back and have that like, oh, like I do with Brevin Jordan or like I do obviously with Kyle Pitts. I think he's a a fine tight end prospect, uh, but not somebody that, you know, blows me away uh, in terms of what he can do. And I, I don't think he'll be a bad player. I think he'll be a productive tight end at the next level. But I don't think there's anything that really sets him apart for me uh, from mm-hmm. a guy like from a guy like Hunter Long. Like I have them really like neck and neck. Honestly, I think I'll probably end up with Hunter Long as tight end three as well, and Frymuth as tight end four. Uh, it's pretty close, but yeah, I agree. It's not something. I was a little disappointed, honestly, if I'm being if I'm being honest when I went back and watched some of the tape. 
Yeah, you know, everybody. If you guys don't know, you know, Pat Fermuth, uh his his nickname was Baby Gronk. We got to get rid of the Baby Gronk nickname for tight ends forever. I oh, we got him right. Remember like, when uh, what's his name was Baby Gronk? Zach Sudfeld. Oh, <laughs> yes, I know. Like, there's never gonna be another Gronk, guys. But like, everybody was talking about him as Baby Gronk, and I remember watching his tape. Like, no, nah, man, he's like Heath Miller. Like, who am I watching right now? <laughs> I was like, this is a baby drunk. Like, I'm watching the reincarnation of Heath. Like, what is happening? Uh, and so I think, like, I think his hype is way more, way out of out of hand compared to what he's produced. And I guess what I, I wrote about recently, you know, he had 507 yards two years ago. That's the most he's ever had since high school or college. Yeah. So when we're talking about production here, he doesn't really have that top end production, which tight ends sometimes now. I know Kittle and all those guys didn't, but I mean, he played an offense that did utilize the tight end. So it's not like we're talking about like Iowa, just going to run the ball and then just be consistent have two tight end sets and those type of things. Um, but yeah, I'm not very high on him because I think value wise, I don't want him where he's going to go. I would rather take, you know, Hunter Long, Noah Gray, these other guys and mm-hmm. just kind of hope and just, okay, that's a long shot for me. I think someone's going to fall in love with Pat and then they're going to try to get him early in the second, or they're going to read some draft profile from two years ago where it says baby Gronk. Yeah. And then they're going to Oh, I do think though he can, he's pretty impressive in the red zone. So there, there's a couple of things where I think he's, he, like you said, kind of when you're talking about just shielding people, creating that separation and using their body, he does that pretty dang well. Uh, and he's got pretty good hands. So I, I'm not, I'm not docking him like crazy here, but I, I just don't think that he is as good as everybody says he is. That's kind of where my mindset is on him. Yeah, and I agree with what you said. I'll I'll end up with zero shares of him, I'm sure, because yeah. he's probably just going to go way too early for my taste. Um, I'm so out on him. Like, honestly, probably through all of the second round of rookie drafts. Like, I'm not interested, really, till it gets to, you know, round yeah. three or so. There's just too many guys that I think will, especially early round two, where there's, like, this awesome, incredible group of all the wide receivers that I'm addicted to right now. Uh, like yeah. that I can't pass up on any of them and I don't know I just there's too much other talent that early still um, round three you know sure I'll probably I would take a swing at some point but somebody like you said will will bite on the name or bite on the the nickname in this case and uh, you know take him too early for my liking uh, yeah I don't think he's bad I think and to what you said I think he's a really capable red zone weapon uh, I could see him chipping in touchdowns for sure but mm-hmm. just I don't know. It's not that same wow factor that you get with the two, the two top two guys, and not enough to separate them. I think for a guy like uh, from a guy like Hunter Long for me. Yeah, my tears. When you look at, I do tears. I'm sure you do too. Yeah. You're a professional. You know what you're doing. Like when I look at my tears, I, I, the tear break is massive. So when I got Brevin and Kyle. It's here, and then after that, it's just a muddled of just the same, <laughs> same profile, right? It's yep. just that same profile guy, and you're like, well. Based on value, I'd rather take, you know, for example, I'm going to take different guys at the end of the second. Like, I'll take Diami Brown. I'll take oh, Elijah yeah. Moore. I'll take Terrace Marshall, who's my wide receiver three. Like, I'll take those guys in that range rather than Pat because it's not it's not worth it to me. I'm not to get off topic since we're talking tight ends, but yeah. I'm like a little I'm a little late to Terrace Marshall. Like, I liked him, and then. Yeah. I like him a lot more now. Like <laughs> as I as I go back and watch more of him, I'm like, oh, I have Terrace Marshall way too low. Um, yeah. he's he's an XT Higgins. Yeah, I'm telling you, I love him. I love everything about his profile. That group of wide receivers that'll be like all through round two, man. Like like you said, Diamond mm-hmm. Brown. I I love Elijah Moore. 
Uh, I'm big on, uh, I love Tylen Wallace. I love Amon Ross St. Brown. Like I love all these guys that are going to be available. Like I'm going to take all of them that are available in round two of rookie drafts every time I'll end up with no tight ends, but uh, that wide receiver group, that'll be, it's, it's like a replay of last year. There's so many good ones that you're going to get a really, really great one. Like People well, like when people were drafting LaVisca Chenault, the mid to late round two last year, or when T Higgins was going, you know, early round two last year. It's nuts. It's crazy stuff. I mean, I think it matters though for the tight end discussion. Cause you're just, what we're trying to tell you guys, like if you're not getting probably Pitts or Jordan, it's okay to wait because that talent is so good within those next couple of rounds. There's some guys that you could probably get after the draft. That's not going to go undrafted that probably have the same ceiling as, you know, Hunter long, to be honest with you guys. Yeah. Right. So, there, if you're not going to go after the, like, if I don't get the first two and unless Hunter falls to me, maybe in the fourth, I'm probably not going to get one, to be honest, or I might get one off the free agent wire and just pick up one of these guys later that, that have consistently just not gotten drafted yet. Yeah. Is there anybody else outside of those four guys that you have any real interest in, whether it's Tommy Tremble or any of those other guys real late, or like you said, you're just, you're cool on punting it after those top two, uh, and then, you know, trying to pick somebody up that's got the same type of upside. Yeah, there's two guys that I like. I, it's Trimble not for me. I know uh, Trimble is uh, – I think he's great and everything, but catching. Yeah. So, unless you, unless you want to sign in and doesn't catch, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Everybody talks to me about Trimble sometimes, and I'm always like, yeah, he's a great profile, but he can't catch. <laughs> got to work on that main part. <laughs> got a lot of drops, guys. Like, I love him, but damn, he drops the ball. And so, uh, I'm kind of out on Trimble, but um, Kenny Yobal from Ole Miss, yep. I think that's how you said the first time I'm pretty bad that I – he he's an interesting prospect. I think that, you know, he's 6'4", 240. He transferred. He's older, so he's one of these older guys because he transferred in as a grad transfer to Ole Miss. I thought he did pretty well at Ole Miss. He averaged 19 yards a catch. I think that's a little misleading just because of Ole Miss's offense and kind of he was running pretty free on a lot of those things when you watch him. I think that he has a very good athletic profile. So the thing I like about him, and I wrote about him a little bit, is that he utilizes his speed pretty well. He's got He's big enough to create mismatches. Uh, he's got, he's got his ability to jump at the highest point. He's pretty athletic when you watch him play, but he's going to, he's got to have some time because I don't think he necessarily knows how to play tight end in the NFL yet. So unlike Jordan, who's going to get out there and just kind of learn from his intangibles, athletic proudness, you know, Kenny's going to definitely need some time to develop and his seam routes are, they struggle. He really struggles on his routes. So he's definitely a project, but he's been consistently going at the end of the fourth round ish. So that's for me, pretty good value. I don't know if you think what you think of him. I mean, that's pretty much free. So I'm willing to swing on upside that late. You know what I mean? Like you said, if it's somebody with athletic upside, like he has, I'll roll the dice late like that. You're, I mean, you're essentially drafting him for nothing. Uh, not yeah. that it doesn't matter, but I love those late round picks because just swing on upside, man. Like if it works, it works. If not, it didn't cost you anything. So yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about it. Right at that point, I'm just like, especially if I have a couple multiple force, or I, I don't know about you, but in dynasty leagues, I will try to get somebody to throw me a third or a fourth just for fun. Like yeah. it, 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 throw in, throw in, throw in, because that's when I take my shot on those guys and I say, okay, let's see if I can grab one of these guys because I I tend to scout these guys pretty well, so I kind of know. Um, and another guy is Noah Gray from Duke and not a high production. He's going undrafted. So I haven't, yeah. I actually haven't seen him get drafted yet in, in rookie drafts, but you know what? He, he he's looked okay. He, he's pretty versatile. He was probably Duke's best offensive weapon last year. So it actually hurt him because defenses just took him out and Duke could do nothing. I don't know if you guys know anything about Duke. Well, they were a basketball school before this year. They were pretty bad. <laughs> 
Um, uh, but I like him in the red zone. So I do like Noah in the red zone. And, and you know, he's got, he, again, not huge numbers. But, again, he's 6'4", 240, kind of like we've been talking about all these guys. They tend to have the same athletic profile there. Mm-hmm. He uses the tips a little. I think I like about knowing it's underrated is he actually does have pretty good uh, route running. So, when you watch him, he actually can create advantages, even against smaller and bigger guys based on his his hips. He keeps them low. He gets out of his break quickly. Again, he's, he just one of his biggest things, he doesn't really um, – produce so we haven't seen that production but that could be a duke thing that that 100 right. could not necessarily be a his thing and he's been learning that tight end position pretty well he's new at it so the one thing i learned from him when i went back his background he actually played qb in high school so when he got the duke they transformed him into tight end so when we're thinking of these guys he's basically been learning a new position the last three four years yeah maybe yeah. he gets in the nfl and he'll see that but he's worth like a undrafted you grab him up on your waivers at your first, you know, waivers that you have and just stash him on your taxi squad and maybe he'll do something. I like it. I like him. Charlie Kolar was my dude before he went back to school. I was really, that was somebody that I was excited about. I really thought he was going to declare, but. I'm surprised he didn't, you know, when I look, he, he probably would have been what, tight end three-ish too in that area? I think so. Like, I think he probably would have ended up tight end three for me. I really like him a lot. I think he's yeah. going to be a good pro. Uh, I was surprised to see him go back to school, but. Especially, but I guess next year, you know, you look at the class next year, and for those of you that are like, and those of you that are waiting for Titans next year, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of kids. There's a lot of like, Heidemeyer, Jaleel Billingsley, Kate Otten. I love, but he's old. He just he's as yeah. old as us. Great Goldschitz from UCLA. So if you need a tight end, I would definitely try to maneuver in there to get these guys, especially on your dynasty teams. If if you're expecting next year. It's not, yeah, 2024 or excuse me, 2023 is probably where those guys, the Eric Gilberts, Michael Mayer guys, you're going to be wanting to get. Yeah, Gilbert's exciting. He's going to be, uh, we're a ways away for the, for the regular dynasty crowd, not the Debbie guys, but Gilbert's, uh, Gilbert's going to be a good one, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I like those guys. But yeah, so this class, like you said, I think it's better than last year, which thank God. And then, you know, <laughs> Those couple guys, you know, I'm excited about these guys, though. I think we're going to get some guys that maybe come out, Hunter Long, those guys that are at least active producers. And some of these guys got to hit because NFL needs some tight ends. So. Yeah, yeah. Like, it feels like every team needs one. So, I mean, teams yeah. are going to take swings at the position, that's for sure, especially when they see the, you know, what Kelsey Waller, you know, what Hawkinson's turning into. Like, there's, there's a lot of other teams that have a need for that kind of production from the position, just the way it frees up the rest of your offense as well. So it'll be interesting to see where some of those guys end up. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to hop on, man. This was a, a good discussion. The tight ends were more exciting than I expected they would be. Hey, I love tight ends, man. <laughs> I, come on. That is my thing. I love them. Like, oh my God. Wide receivers and tight ends. You guys can have your quarterbacks and your running backs, but wide receivers and tight ends are my favorite to, to scout. I love watching them. I like it, man. Well, one more time, plug where anybody can find you on Twitter if they're not following you already so they can see all the good work that you do. Yeah, you can find me at, at the boys underscore 22 and, you know, just kind of moving along. And, you know, you can always catch me on live streams. And our next one, we're going to do be doing a rookie mock draft through three rounds. So that might be appealing to you guys. We're nice. going to do a super fun rookie mock draft tomorrow uh, or whenever you see it. And it's going to be on a YouTube channel. And you can kind of go through with us. And we're going to be picking as we go to see how it kind of plays out. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it. You enjoy the rest of your night. And uh, we'll definitely do this again. All right. Thank you. Thanks, dude.